Welcome to the Pursuit Friends Church Network of House Churches podcast. I'm the planner and lead pastor, Brian Donahue, and I'm joined by Kristen All, who is the director and pastor of Network Ministries. We're excited to share about what God is doing at Pursuit Friends Church as we build this network of house churches. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of how God is moving and working in our midst, updates and news on our progress, but we really want to focus on sharing what we are walking through from God's Word each week as a church family. So grab a cup of coffee, your Bible, and join Kristen and myself as we share how God is moving at Pursuit Friends Church and as we discuss what we learned from our Bible passage this week. We're glad you're here. Stay tuned. And welcome to episode 22 of the Pursuit Friends Church Network of House Churches podcast. That is a mouthful, Kristen. I am here with Kristen via Zoom. We're going to have to work on that uh, somehow. We need to get an official, um, how are we going to say that each time? Because I, it's, it's I like the Pursuit Friends Church part, but then you add the Network of House Churches part. And so should we just say Pursuit Friends <laughs> We'll just work this out right here, right on the podcast, live. Are, are, are we we going to, should it be Pursuit Friends Network podcasts, Pursuit Friends Church Network? I think that's not bad. You cert, We certainly don't want to say church twice, right? which is what we're you're trying to do right now. Yes. Uh, Pursuit Friends Network. You know what? It's not bad. I think you know what? You but let's... You, then you could add house churches, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's, I mean, you and I, of course, have, we're going to have the final say in this, but uh, um, let's invite our <laughs> listeners into this. If you want, if you have an opinion about whether it should be Pursuit Friends Church podcast, Pursuit Friends Network podcast, Pursuit Friends Church Network of House Churches podcast, Pursuit Friends Network of House Church podcast, you could go on and on. Get, uh, email us at brian at pursuit or kristen at pursuitfriends.org and tell us what you think. We'll interact. And uh, but, but just a disclaimer, we have the final say in what we're going to call this thing. So uh, I don't know if anybody will bother doing that, Kristen, but we'll have fun with it. We had fun here talking about that. So it, how are you will. doing? We will, yes. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Uh, not too bad. I'm, I've, um, my muscles are really tired from all the snow blowing I've been doing in the neighborhood lately. Oh, um, (laughs) what are we like 15 seconds in? I knew the snowblower was coming up. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I'm just, (laughs) no, we just, we just got more for those of you that aren't in the Northeast Ohio region uh of the world we got hammered again not quite it we didn't get 13 inches again but uh we did get no. three or four more inches and so sunday after church i was out in the neighborhood blowing snow and having a good time and um trying to help out some neighbors and i you know i'm just gonna say it one more time Kristen, and then this will be the last time the snowblower is mentioned don't make I just, promises Brian. i love that. <laughs> i love that i love that tool man it is such a good tool um anyways um <laughs> poor joe's over there well you know joe was actually hand. out right joe was actually out shoveling twice on sunday just mm-hmm. because you know i figured that you'd be pleased to hear that uh, and yeah. justified feeling because <laughs> our house church met in person and online but um it was snowing all day sunday and we're in the yeah. evening so uh, all day all <laughs> yeah. day you know what that's a real that is yeah. one of the best transitions out of 
a rabbit trail that I've taken that you've ever gotten me on. Thank you very much. <laughs> to talk about our house I got, churches. I did not get you on that. No, no, you did. I, you got me off it. You got me back on course is what I'm saying. Oh, off it. Um, yeah. I, okay. Off Excellent. of my Excellent. rabbit trail back on the correct course. Uh, no, we did. We kind of did a, a, not weird isn't the right word, but a different type of hybrid of house church this week as we did meet in person, both house churches. But we had folks that could not attend, so we had a little bit smaller gatherings in both Whitmer and Deborah. Um, and I, I, it's it's really interesting because we had two couples join us, the Snackles and the Zittles. And uh, then we had s- someone from our church, uh, Bree and Michael, ask if we could, is there any way we can do online too? Because we can't come. And uh, So I'm thinking through Zoom, and I'm not as adventurous when it comes to groups with Zoom like the alls are, as you're going to hear in a minute. But um, I was like, you know what, let's do, I can do Facebook Live. I could wrap my head around a Facebook Live. I was going to kind of talk a little bit more than normal. Anyways, we weren't going to have as deep a discussion and I'm like, maybe this will work this week. So we just set up my phone, pointed it towards the TV so that people watching could hear the music and see the lyrics of the songs and worship along. And uh, then I just stood in front of the phone and gave my little spiel through. Um, we actually went through Luke 2. Um, and uh, the Snackles interacted with me a little bit. And I, I, it was just kind of fun to be there with them as Matt and Susie were down ministering to the kids, uh, my two kids who happen to be the only kids, but they have such a heart for our kids. It's in to really sow into our kids. They, they get just as excited and do just as good a job when it's just my kids, as opposed to if it's a full room of kids, which sometimes it is down there, uh, uh, because God has blessed us with kids. But, uh, um, anyways, we, we, we had a blessed Sunday. It was different. The snow came. We had our windows wide open, Kristen, and we were worshiping and huge, big, thick snowflakes falling down around us. Um, really beautiful. And then at some point, um, halfway through the worship, my daughter uh, gets up and just loving, just goes to every single person in the room and gave everybody a hug. And... Um, it it was just it was so precious like um it just encouraged me so much to see her have a heart to encourage those that came and to show them love and appreciation that way and she came up to me after she gave everyone else a hug and said i just felt like god said i should hug everybody and uh, just to see her kind of being led of the holy spirit uh, in an encouraging way was really special, and us adults all talked about that afterwards, how that really was. It felt like God encouraging us, so um, just just really thankful. I think that's so powerful, and your kids are really often used of God that way. I think because when kids do something like that, it's so authentic that you really <laughs> feel love like you know when you show up yeah. at somebody's house and you and they're kind to you you think well if you better be like what's the point of, <laughs> you know like <laughs> of, of not including me if, if you're going to open your house for house church but when a child who's not related to you um because i've your kids have done this with me are happy to see you and express you know love yeah. towards you or or 
anything. It's just, it's really a, a very pure kind of experience, which is beautiful. Yes, it is. And, and, uh, yeah, my kids yeah. are weird that way, but, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're a gift from God. It's really true what God's word says about kids, about children is they're a blessing from the Lord. Yeah. And, um, we've, We've had an interesting weekend because Devin has been in Florida visiting her aunt and uncle and um, uh, spending some very special um, time with them. And uh, so we've had our moments, you know. We have our moments when we just wish yeah. mom was here because she makes everything better. Um, but to have that time uh, uh, with our church family and even though there was less of us on that, you know, yesterday, um it was still, God just keeps reminding me, Kristen, as a leader, as a pastor, and as a musician, as a worshiper, um, that I, I, I've, got to, I've got to get over this in, in a sometimes insatiable desire to fill a room, um, and that God mm. moves, can move just as powerfully in the midst of just three family units as opposed to six or seven. And that it's about disciples. And we say it all the time, I know, and maybe there's some people like, oh my gosh, guys, every church is about disciples. Well, you know, you're not so special. Um, but it's it's where God has us, that we have got to focus on that. And we just had we just had a wonderful time. You know, there there wasn't anything super duper. It wasn't like we were all weeping in God's presence. It wasn't like you know, um, there were the there were these miraculous signs. But it was very clear that God was with us, and He spoke through Peyton, through her actions. Um, he spoke through our interaction, and I know that God was with. Matt and Susie and the kids as they were down there and God was with us. And, um, even through a clunky Facebook live where I set the camera up sideways at first and didn't realize it until about five minutes in and, <laughs> you know, God, just the authentic nature of where we're at as a church and what God is doing in us and through us and that we're always learning. We're, we're always trying to be flexible and to really realize we're clay that that god is the author god is the artist and he is molding and shaping us and it's a process and so today Kristen, as i've been reflecting before we got together to record this podcast i've just i've it's like the lord is asking me to enjoy the process enjoy that mm. You know, that, that even though right now you're, it, sometimes it feels like you're spinning round and round on that table, you know. Um, but to know that the artist, the, the masterful, the loving, the caring um, artist is right there with his hands on you, shaping you and molding you. And sometimes you mess up. Sometimes it feels like, man, am I doing anything right to help the artist, <laughs> you know. Um <laughs> And, but he's still making all things like new and he's still teaching and he's still growing us. And, um, you know, one day when we see him face to face in glory, um, we'll understand and 
It'll be enough, and we'll see his plan. We'll see his work in our life. And oh, the worship, Kristen, that's going to happen as as we come into that understanding and, and that revelation of, wow, God, look look what you did. Look what you did um, in, in what you yeah. made in me. So enjoy the process. Worship God in the process. Appreciate the process. That's that's a new word God's given me right now. So how was how was oh, uh, I love that Brian. how was your uh, guys' gathering? Yeah, it was great. You know, we um, were thrilled to be able to gather in person, um, and um, we ended up doing a hybrid because Mer- uh, Megan and Aaron, I, my mind has merged their names into one. <laughs> <laughs> I keep calling them Marin. Um, anyway, had, uh, had been traveling and uh, just wanted to be cautious and. Um, because we have done so much Zoom, it's not a big deal. We just opened the the laptop and put the camera on, and they were um, with us virtually and sat them on, you know, in a chair just like everyone else. And um, Matt and Susie joined us, which was wonderful, a, a really nice surprise. So we were actually at, um, you know, kind of a peak attendance for our house church, which was very cool, um, and it was a really good time and. Uh, one of the things that struck me is how much I needed it. Um, it had been a week of um, just feeling the weight of how much mm. the world is broken, including in the church and um, walking through some stuff with people and just seeing how much, oh, man, the capacity we have as people to hurt other people um, is was just really weighing heavy on me. And so just to gather it just really refreshed my spirit that, you know, God yeah. is completely other and completely good. <laughs> and there are people who um, are following him and seeking to, to bring more of his way into the world. You know, um, it was just, it was, it, I, I needed it more than I realized. It was really good. We had a good oh, evening. Good. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. It was interesting because one of the comments, um, you know, between between being able to do the hybrid group, which worked out so nice so that Megan and Aaron could really be there, at least uh, for the discussion part. But as we were sitting around the table, um, Stephen afterwards was just saying how much that feels equally important to him as the rest yeah. of the evening when we are just sitting around the table talking about life and um, what's going on and um, so that was, I think, partially why it was so refreshing, because that's the one thing that you kind of lose when you're remote is that more laid back um, conversations sure. or just you don't really know where God's going to take them. So that was great. Yeah, that that table fellowship. I, I sometime this week I took a picture of just uh, our table um, in our little dining room out there and um, uh we we have it's, uh, a couple of years ago, Devin, after spending a whole year searching and shopping and thinking and comparing, finally we ended up on a table which which we had specially made from Amish country. And this table, normally, uh, if together, you know, in its smallest form, can seat 
um, eight to ten people, but it but it can um, wait a minute three on each side. If you put it's wide enough to have two chairs on the ends of 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 each end of the table. Um, so eight people te- or ten people technically, but it can open up and seat as many as sixteen um, people. It's a big table, and uh, I took a picture of it this week, as um, I have been. It's just I, I love I'm in love with the term table fellowship um, and <laughs> it's it's just for some reason this week it's another thing God has been putting on my heart again to dwell about and I just took a picture of it because I wanted to um, be able to in moments when I'm with the Lord or I'm out and about or I'm thinking about church and I'm thinking about what God is doing at Pursuit Friends, I want to bring that picture up. And I want to thank God for the Table Fellowship. I want to emphasize mm-hmm. the Table Fellowship, which we do. But I feel like like maybe there's even a greater part of this for us as a church as, as we come into the new year to where maybe we come back to like having a game night of some kind, you know, where we're around tables again. Um uh, being together in a different way where we're hanging out, you know, we're not necessarily, yeah. we're not studying God's word, but maybe we're talking about God's word as we're playing games, you know, as we're, we have those God moments where there's encouragement happening and joyfulness happening and sharing life together that way. Um, so I took a picture, uh, cause I want to be able to, in different moments, look at that picture and be reminded on my phone as I'm scrolling through photos, which I do quite often because I'm a um, sentimental guy. I love to look at old pictures of my kids and things we've done, you know, and excuse me, I just, uh, I want to see that table and be reminded about what we're at, what God is emphasizing in our midst, in our group. I feel like your table could almost be the like icon of our church because right, right. <laughs> it is a beautiful table and we have had so many meetings and good meals and fun times. And I remember when we got the building, we talked about how we were going to take the table with us. I don't think your family did, but the rest of us <laughs> were pretty sure that that table needed to go with us that. to the building. Yeah. yeah. I remember and, that uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Devin and I did not. We clicked our tongues and shook our head no, but um, I remember you guys being quite passionate about that. (laughs) We were, we were, yes. There was a table at the building that suited us, but it's not the same. That's probably why we had to go back to house church because of the table. But (laughs) It was all about the table. (laughs) It was interesting. Exactly. I was just (laughs) listening to some people talk about um, how important having people in your life that uh, really know you and you can be completely transparent with. And, um, but they were also talking about the kind of time it takes to get to that point. And I think that the statistic they quoted was 200 hours of coffees and hanging out with people and and really connecting with them before you can build up that um, trust with each other, that, that this is a safe place for me to be completely open and not guarded. And, um, you know, when you think about the discipleship process, how can we encourage each other deeply when we're not investing time in those relationships? (laughs) 
it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I'm yeah. wondering if that's not part of why we are feeling like this is just so it's almost hard to describe how much it's worth the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, we're so grateful because God brought us into this, um, through some pain, through some struggle, through (laughs) some, you know, really seeking through the height of the COVID season, the last two years. Right. Um, God brought us here and, and, uh, you know, we finally quit. I finally, I guess I should say, I finally quit struggling against it and fighting it and let go of some stuff. I think we all did, but I just, of course, um, yes. I just, you know, I mean, I had to get there <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, and so I'm thankful for a patient group of leaders around me that um, <laughs> kind of gently helped me get there and pushed at the right times and backed off at the right times through the last couple of years. But I just, um, you know, we've, we've been blessed in this yeah. and we've seen the fruit of it and um, it's re it's just reassuring and it's reaffirming to us that, um, you know, for me, when a couple says to me, we long for the table fellowship, we've been doing yes. online church since Christmas um, because of COVID, my family got sick and everything. And um, to hear a family say, we, you know, the, the, we long for this. The uh, We're thankful for Zoom, all that stuff, you know. Um, yep. But we really, you know, we need this. We realize now how precious this table fellowship is, this element, like what Stephen was talking about, that it's yep. so much a part of who we are now in our DNA um, and you know, it's almost, I mean, there's times when Kristen, when I'm like for the first time in my ministry saying, maybe we only need one or two worship songs so that we can get to the table wow. fellowship more, you know, like, <laughs> like I know. Right. I mean, honestly, big, Brian. The, the, it's huge for, for a me worship guy. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've always been like, we need more worship. Pastors don't give us enough time to worship. You know, they say worship is for getting people in the right mind and spirit and loosening them up and getting them soft so that they can be clay in the hands of God as they, as the pastor brings the word of God, you know, like, like that it's to, it's yeah. preparation for that. And then I'm like, but you never give us really enough time to get people prepared. Like we're just getting soft and okay. Four songs. Now it's time to preach, you know? Um, <laughs> and so now I'm like, and again, I'm not, I think there are times when we need to hang out and worship longer when God says, let, yes. let uh, the Holy spirit just needs to work. Um, yes. and, uh, there's times I think we need to soak. We talked about that early on that we want to be a church that's willing to linger in worship. If that's where the spirit's leading us and guiding us in any given service, we need to be willing to linger in prayer. We need to be linger, willing to linger in our discussion and, uh, right. linger in table fellow. You know, we need to linger, right? Yep. I, you probably remember me talking about Joshua and Moses in the tent and all that stuff early yes, on and yes. every now and then lingering is big for me, but the Lord has done such a work in this worship leader's heart that, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, oh man, worship's really super important. 
when we do that corporately. But um, talking about God's Word is also super important. And that getting to that table fellowship where we feel connected to each other, where we get to know each other more, where we laugh together, um, is honestly what's going to keep us together for the long haul like like it's it's we've got a greater chance of being stronger and unified when we're doing that as a part of our service every week um yeah you know i can we can yeah, talk I more agree, about Brian. this and but, I, 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 yeah I, I think it helps us be merciful and gracious and yeah see people's heart instead of assuming things about where they're at and um I think there's a lot of trouble it can dispel when you're closer mm -hmm. to people, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, well shall we shift gears? Cause I think this would be a good transition point. Yes, please do. And, um, I'm actually going to ask you, Kristen, can, can you go ahead and, uh, for the sake, last time I've, I've been reading this, will you read this and kind of get this discussion going for just a few minutes? Um, yeah, absolutely. and, uh, uh kind of lead us into this and then I'll jump in in just a few minutes um after you get us into this um because i think honestly you've you've got uh you've got a first of all i just want to say i'm so thankful for you and your leadership and how you study god's word and how you bring it out and um different things and um i just want to let you go here for just a few minutes okay oh thank you brian that's yep. awful sweet um and you never have to twist my arm to talk about scripture <laughs> But hashtag Bible nerd. So uh, we are in the first chapter of John, um, and we are finishing out this um, kind of introductory chapter. And we are going to pick up our discussion um, in verse 35. So we're going to go 35 through the end of the chapter. And um, I've been waiting for this moment because um, we've been studying kind of the, uh, the John the Baptist who is getting the way, he's getting everyone's attention. He's saying, you know, the, the, the Messiah is coming, the Lamb of God. And finally here in the second half of the chapter, um, we get to actually meet Jesus. And so um, I've been waiting for this moment for the, for the star of the book, really, to um, step on the stage. And there's some really cool, uh, it's two days that we're going to go over. And there are some, um, a lot of common themes. And one that really kind of flows out of a lot of what we were just discussing um, is this idea of being known um, by Jesus. And, and that's going to come out as we as we go through this. So we're going to dig in here and I'm going to read uh, the first, the first day that we're going to go over starting in verse 35. So the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus said, saw them and following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him, and it was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard 
what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. So we're getting to see Jesus not only show up, but start to gather people around him, uh, his disciples, those who are going to be following him closely, watching how he lives, getting to know him, and um, thereby be equipped to start spreading the word beyond there. And um, this is pretty exciting because you have this moment where John sees Jesus passing by and calls him out by one of the titles that we're going to see here, the Lamb of God, which is, you know, um, representative of how Jesus makes a way for us to meet with a holy God by taking the, the um, penalty for our sin as a, as a sacrifice, the Lamb of God, as the Jews sacrificed animals. That's, that's kind of what that title is getting at. And so John's like, there he is, the guy I've been telling you about. And the, his disciples are so excited that they follow Jesus. And uh, we had a lot of fun in our house church just talking through what was going through their minds as they, you know, um, since they are finally identified who this Messiah is, or wondering if it is, that John has pointed out that they have been waiting for for generations. Um, who is this man? And uh, is he who they said he is? Is he the one who's going to make everything right for the Jewish people who are living an impress- oppressive life under Roman rule? And we just wondered, you know, what is that like? They're following him along and Jesus turns around and, and he says, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, we just, we just, uh, we had fun uh, interpreting different ways that that little phrase could be said. Um, <laughs> we ruled some out, you know, the snarky we figured was probably not how Jesus spoke to them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> He was mostly snarky to, like, the Pharisees and the religious right. leaders. Right. Well, um, actually, that just, you know, one of the things that struck us that we spent a lot of time talking about in this day and in the next one, um, Brian, is how Jesus knew them already. Like, he knew these these men, these mm. disciples. He, 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 call, he sees things in them, and he calls it out. And what that would be like... Uh, to to meet this man and recognize that he already knows everything about you. He yeah. sees things in you, right? And um, that goes back to that too, that he responds to the heart condition. So yeah, he's only going to be snarky to those. And I don't know if Jesus is snarky. <laughs> that may not be fair, but you know, he's only going to be- There's a little sh- too much. Snarky can be, um, even if it's somewhat harmless, There's a little, it can maybe be a little yes. sinful too. So we can't, snarky uh, may not absolutely. be the best word. I 100% um. <laughs> agree with you, Brian, but, uh, but I love that Jesus, and you see it all through, um, all through scripture, really, but especially in the Gospels, how he will respond to what's going on in people's hearts, yeah. not to what's going on in this, on the surface. You know, you um, know, that's, oh, sorry, I, I kind of no, interrupted Brian. there, but um, if I could interject, it's, it's, it's not uncommon for us to see Jesus ask questions of people, um, and 
I, I think that's really important for leaders to know, for pastors to know, for anybody in leadership situations, whether it's ministry specifically or maybe a business leader, you know, even a yes. coach, you know, um, sometimes first of all, we don't, I mean, Jesus had all the answers, right? Right. But right. Jesus wasn't afraid to go on journeys with people to help yes. bring people along with him or to get them to where they needed to go and give them the decision. Am I going to follow? Am I going to go here or not? I think of the rich young ruler who decided ultimately, I'm not ready for this, you know? Absolutely. And um, so I think sometimes I know as a pastor, I put on this mantle myself and maybe other people do that too, um, that look to their pastors and just expect them to have all the right answers yes. and, or, or to have an answer of some kind that right. will help them get through whatever they need to get through. And sometimes we don't need to have the answers. We need to understand who the answer is. And that's what people need to really come to the knowledge of is that Jesus is the answer and being in relationship with him is the answer. And um, just like Jesus says here, you know, where uh, um, I, I don't see it. What do you seek? Right. Yeah. Um, he knew that, like you said, he knows exactly what right. they're seeking. Exactly. Um, but even if Jesus says, I'm going to ask you guys this question. And is willing to take the time to do that. Sometimes people do need to work out and talk through stuff. And that's where the ministry can come in for that leader. The guiding can come in is helping people articulate what they're feeling and what their desire actually is. One of the most, and now I'm just going off on this, but but I'll come back to the passage here in just a sec. But one of the most powerful things um, Devin and I learned, as as you guys know, our testimony, those of you that know us well, is, is we came real close to divorce. And uh, as we sought out counseling and help, um, and uh, one of the best pieces of advice that someone gave us is to ask questions mm. back and forth of each other. Mm. Don't just assume you know exactly what your spouse is try is saying to you. Say, here's what I'm hearing you say. And then actually articulate what you thought they just told you and how you received it. And then give them an opportunity to say that is correct or that's not what I actually meant to say. Right. It was one of the most powerful pieces of advice because it makes you listen. It makes you, it helps you kind of sometimes get your raw emotion out of it. And, and you have to really listen to the words. And, um, and so Jesus, I think, does that beautifully as he, and he's God, right? He's, right. he's, he's before John. He has always been. And here he is asking questions. I, I think that's really cool. I do too, Brian. And, you know, Jesus um, is the model for ministry, right? <laughs> and and uh, I believe that is true. Yes, right. And <laughs> and just as as you're talking about that, I'm just thinking so much about how radically different <laughs> this uh -huh. is than how we often approach things, right? Like Jesus, he, I mean, sometimes we do know what people need, but Jesus puts them kind of back in the driver's seat here 
and and gives like you said gives them um the moment to to reflect deeper and to interact and to choose which way they want and to kind of be prepared it it's really striking and it also is striking me that it is not usually the fastest way (laughs) 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 and i think especially when it comes to leadership and like everyday relationships and stuff with your kids oh my gosh i remember (laughs) (laughs) i remember so much feeling like why would i teach my kids to do this chore when it's going to take twice as long and they're not going to do it well. And you know what I mean? Like, I'll just do it and get it over with. Like what, you know, and what I was missing was that if you don't teach, you're missing the whole process and the fact that the point is about allowing them to grow about spending time together. And at some point they will be able to, to tackle that. But it's like, I was totally missing the whole, uh, putting productivity over relationship, I guess, is the best. Yes, way to that. I, I, you know, that's such a great. I've got kids that are younger and learning a lot, um, and I have. I'm just going to be raw and real, Kristen. I have a very specific way that I feel is the correct way to do dishes. <laughs> how I like them put in the dishwasher. How I like yeah. to wash them by hand. The order I wash dishes. <laughs> Um, how I put them in the drying rack, you know, all of that thing is very important. I've, I've worked, uh, I've worked on my system for years and years and I feel that I have discovered the right way to do this and then enter five-year-old Brody Tiberius Donahue <laughs> into the sea and we're trying to teach him how to put dishes in the dishwasher, how to unload the dishwasher and, you know, all these things in, in, in the back of my head, I'm going, I could get this done in two, well, maybe not yep. two minutes, but I'm going to get this done the way I want it done. And, uh, I'm not, you know, it's not going to feel chaotic. Right. And really we're afraid of like, like as, as leaders, we need to embrace the chaotic sometimes we need, yeah. we need to embrace the, the chaos of people's lives and love people through that chaos and endure and be patient and loving and kind. And, um, yeah, you know, uh, that's the essence of discipleship. Are you right. willing to endure someone's chaos? If you're not, if you just want to say a few things and point out a few scriptures and call that discipleship, you're not really walking with anybody. Yeah. You're you're doing nothing more than thinking that you're preaching a sermon on Sunday morning from behind a pulpit and like you're making all these disciples. No, you're not. Yeah. You're just pointing out some truth. Uh but you're not really walking with people and that's that's what that's what we see Jesus do. I think John the Baptist did that with his disciples because, hey, they not just does John recognize the Christ, he's willing to release his own guys to go follow him. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? But I also think it means, like you said, that uh, he knew what his role was, and his role is to get people to Jesus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Even and, releasing his <clears throat> congregation. Right. Exactly. Even, you know, imagine, uh, now I've had a good couple experiences with this where larger churches have allowed smaller churches, church plants to come in and 
hey, if you if you live in this area and you'd like to be a part of something new, we are releasing you. We're blessing you. We're saying go do this and be a part of the kingdom here. Um, but that that's that's uncommon though. That attitude is uncommon yeah. uh, in in generally speaking. Yeah. Um, and, and actually how that can be lived out. And so it's, it's like, man, uh, it, it is something we talk about even in the context of our house church. Like we need to be willing to release people to go start new works in other parts of Ohio and other parts of our area here. Mm-hmm. And it's not a competition. It's not a, yeah. you know, if we're in competition, it's against the devil and his plans to keep, kill, <laughs> steal, and destroy. Right. Not against each other. And yeah. so we need to let go, you know, um, of people, just like John the Baptist does here. Where Absolutely. he's like, you know, we don't see him say anything here specifically. And John doesn't point out uh, what John the Baptist says or uh, his you know what he's doing right. behind the scenes here but we're we can assume that john the baptist is watching this and encouraging this and this is what he's made his disciples for Kristen. right is to right. ultimately follow jesus not fill his church which was right there by the riverside you know yeah um it was to point people to christ get them to fall in love with Christ, to recognize his kingship and his lordship, and then to follow him. And so we see a great releasing here. John is so humble. Uh, It's just so striking. It's so important for us to see the humbleness of John the Baptist in this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good brand. Yeah, I think that's really good. And and it's making me think a little bit about a theme that we see come up at the end of what we read and also comes up in the next day where Jesus, uh, when he meets Peter, he yeah. his name, whose name is not Peter, he's Simon, son of John at the moment, but uh, he sees something in him that uh, is some assembly required. <laughs> Right. Just like kids are some assembly required in churches and 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 he but but he sees that in him that you are going to become Peter the rock. Right. And he calls it out of him. And, and in the same way, you wonder if John didn't kind of always he kept in mind that what I'm always trying to do is call these people out to follow mm-hmm. Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same kind of idea of mm. um what our role in each other's lives are is to is to see the godly parts and the potential that God's built in there and and then call it out of each other, you know. Yeah. I, I love that Jesus sees in Peter something. Yeah. At the very beginning. You know, of course he's God. You know, he's he's got the above the parade view. He can right. see beginning and end, all eternity. But he calls something out of Peter right away. Yep. And Jesus sees what we don't see about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, man, we've got to remember that in the hard days. Yeah. You know? We've got to remember that in those times when we feel like we're just blowing it or like we failed. We've got to remember that Jesus called us each by name, and he's got a plan and purpose for our life. And and even when we utterly fail miserably or fail really good, maybe as more appropriately, <laughs> is, is that Jesus sees what we don't see about ourselves. Right. 
And then there's something else too really powerful here, Kristen, uh, that we talked about at our at our house church here at Whitmer is, um, you know, we see it's, it says in verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus invokes or stirs something in those people who have found him, discovered him, experienced him, and have said yes. That they go, an automatic response, without being told to do it necessarily, is to go and tell others about Jesus. These men don't just keep this to themselves and go follow Jesus. They go and invite others to come along with them. And that is so powerful to me as I think about my own life is like if Jesus is so great, <laughs> right? How <laughs> how come I, I'm not inviting more people to him? How come mm. if, if Jesus has radically saved me and changed my life and I have things that I don't deserve like a wonderful wife, a beautiful kids, a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood with amazing neighbors, wonderful church that God is moving in. Like, like I don't deserve this stuff. Yeah. I don't come close to deserving it. <laughs> and yet, you know, how much more should I, even as a pastor and as a Christ follower, when I think about Jesus and I read his word like that instinct, our natural instinct of a disciple and a believer of Jesus should be to continually invite people into a relationship with Jesus. I think that's so good. And that goes to something that we parked on a lot that's right before that, Brian, um, is that, you know, when when Jesus asked them what they want, they, you know, kind of asked for hospitality. Where are you staying? And I just love the way Jesus responds to them. Come and you will see. Yeah. And then he just spends time with them. And out of that time spent with Jesus, um, Andrew is like, this guy, I have got to go and find my brother who also mm -hmm. needs to hear this. You know, and I just, I just love the time invested that Jesus said, you know, just come and be with me and you'll see, yeah. you know. And then yeah. when we really see that, mm. then we're like, well, this is so good. I, oh. I know other people who have got to know this too. My and they goodness. should come and see. <laughs> You're, what are you preaching now or something? It, it's so, <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, I've, I, we need to do that. We need to get back to this as the body of Christ. And I'm yeah. speaking generally because there are people that do this within the body. There are churches that do this wonderfully well. Um, but in general, like we, and, and we talk about it, Kristen, but we, man, you got me going. That was such, that was some good <laughs> preaching there, sister. Thank you. I thank just, you. I just, I just think like Jesus is Christ's example of come and see and hang out with me, be with me. Like, like we need that more. We need that to people that, that traditional Christianity has forgotten about. Yes. Called evil, called unworthy. Yes. Called unclean. Um, who have ignored, cast aside, yep. made to made people uh, of of different 
lifestyles, opinions, political views, even based on just simply how we dress. Cast, I mean, we have created, we create an outcast system in, yes. inside of ourselves. And what if we took on this mentality of Christ that said, come hang out with us. You're not sure about this Jesus, about this church thing? Why don't you come hang out with us? Like, like yes. let us get to know us. Let us get to know you. Because that's what Christ is doing. This isn't just a come get to know me. This is Christ saying, I want to get to know you. You're worth my time. Yep. I'm, and again, getting back to that chaos thing. Yeah, I feel the spirit guide in our conversation. Yep. You know, Christ was willing to endure some chaos <laughs> in order to get through to these knucklehead disciples. Right. <laughs> that he he was calling things out of them and he was going to use them to start this church and Peter even at the beginning. You know, we we have the whole picture of the Bible. We know that Jesus eventually said upon this rock I'm going to build my church. Right. Um, Peter doesn't know that now, though. He's got no, no clue now. No. Um, even even later on, he's got no clue, it seems like, from time to time. But the chaos, the chaos factor, can we call it a factor? Can, can I we like do it. That? I the like chaos it. factor, we have got to be willing to walk people th- with people through that and allow them to see who Christ is through us and in us. So okay, 100%. I'm gonna. I better stop there and let you no, go. No, I, I I think that uh, w- you should hold on to that because the, this next day okay. is so interwoven with the same themes. Um, I, I don't let that go because I, I don't think we're done with that yet. But <laughs> let but let's let's. I'm gonna go ahead. Do you want to go ahead and read 43 yeah, read. through read, 51, yeah. and uh, then we'll just pick it right back up with some new. Uh, a new scene here that really is riffing on the same theme. So <clears throat> let me clear my throat here. <clears> throat> All right. <laughs> I'm sitting up taller now in my you chair. You need to do any um, vocal exercises <laughs> first. La, 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 la. No, no, I'm good. Okay. Um, <laughs> the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth, fellas? The fellas I just added. Um, (laughs) Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Mm. Wow. Wow. So much in there. I'm I'm, I'm deciding what to pick up first, Brian. Now, now Nathaniel (laughs) was definitely snarky there. I think we can. <laughs> you know what? I think you're absolutely right. And we had some fun thinking about that uh, snarky uh, word there. 
<laughs> playing with, you know, his uh, response there. Um, I, I, you know, I think w one of the things that might be helpful first to, to sort of dwell on is this theme of God, of Jesus showing up where least expected. You know, mm -hmm. Nazareth is this backwater town. <laughs> you would can anything good come from there? You know, like there's no way that the Messiah has come out of Nazareth. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about in our group too, like these men are not leaders. They're not prominent. They're not, you know, it's pretty surprising. You think we're, we're the ones that are, are meeting the Messiah. I mean, that had to be a little bit of yeah. a humbling and shocking sure. experience as well, you know. And it had to it had to confuse the heck out of the Pharisees. Oh yeah, and the religious. It's got to be one of the reasons that they were resistant. I mean, uh, you know, the, and they were probably sitting back, maybe not unlike I would do too. Oh, right, man, you know, like like just well, God, uh, well, if you're the Messiah, what what are you doing with those guys? Right, exactly. I'm a leader. I've obviously got leadership skills. <laughs> you know what right? I mean? Like, right. like the Pharisees, the priests, all them guys were probably like, well, why? If this guy, if this was a true Messiah, he would come to us first. He would ask right. our opinion. He would, he would make us his disciples. Right. Instead, he's got fishermen. Yeah. And tax collectors and, right. you know, um, so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I love this. Uh, one of the things that I found fascinating was kind of digging into this strange uh, comments that Jesus makes to Nathaniel, uh, where he, first he says, here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. You're like, <laughs> what's going on there? Like, okay, I, I get that he knows him, obviously, because he goes on to talk about how he saw him before he was mm. even there. And that knowledge that he is known by Jesus is so impactful on him. Uh, but then he goes on to talk about, <laughs> you're going to see even greater things than just me knowing who you are. You're mm. going to see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Mm. Um, and, you know, when <laughs> I, you first read that, you think, okay, this has got to be really important but it seems very odd right in the, in the midst of this yeah. narrative um and it was just fascinating digging into you know what what jesus is referring there is to um is to jacob and jacob who becomes israel who is then you know the father of the the jews of the israelite so but he was also known for being terribly deceitful he's the one who stole the birthright of his older mm -hmm. brother and um has a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of other episodes where he's quite deceitful so that's kind of what jesus is getting at when he's saying here's an israelite in whom there is no deceit he's kind of saying you are not like jacob and when you get down to the end the story of jacob is so interesting because he's on the run from his brother mm -hmm. and he finally stops <laughs> in this desert and puts a rock under his head and goes to sleep like there couldn't be a more desperate looking picture I don't think um, <laughs> and in that moment um, he has this vision of you know a ladder coming out of the sky and angels from from heaven yeah. ascending and descending and he has this amazing moment of I had no idea that God was in this place 
this is a holy place where God and the earth come together. Um, and, and that's what the illusion Jesus is making here. Yeah, that's, that's really good, Kristen. And, um, also the encouragement there, um, we've, we've got this really great, um, set of Bible stories that's fully dramatized called the Adventum. Um, and Peyton in particular just loves us. It's got fantastic music, acting, all that stuff. It's got a narrator through it. Um, and the story of Jacob mm. is really interesting when viewed through the eyes of a child. Because mm. my daughter recognized right away, he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And right. then Israel, here you go, whole nation, uh... You know, like all these amazing things. And he was deceitful. And so to explain that to a kid can be difficult in one sense because, you know, we don't want our kids to lie. I, I hope I hope Brody never steals any type of birthright situation from Peyton, you know. Um, you know, I hope he never sneaks in when I'm at, at you know, when yeah, I'm blind and deaf and... Right, and he's, right. he's like, he's like, father, give me all of your Star Trek DVDs, you know. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but anyways, uh, I, I think it's encouraging in this regard, Kristen, is that God uses imperfect people. Right. To accomplish his will. Yes. And the day that we as Christians can get that burden off of our backs and it's not that we have to intentionally flounder and, you know, walk course, in imperfection right. and sin. We should never do that intentionally with a heart, you know, a hard heart or anything like that. And just, oh, God's going to forgive me, you know, be real flippant about it. Because we can abuse his grace very easily. But to just get that burden off of our hearts and our minds that we have to walk in perfection, that we have to be a certain way and really believe not just that Jesus says that he saves us from our sins and that we get to go to heaven and that he's coming back for his church and new heaven, new earth, all that stuff, but to read in his word and look at all the examples like Jacob, like Peter, like right. the disciples, even like Paul, that, that were imperfect men and women, that God still chose to work and do some pretty cool things through, some powerful things through. Um, I wonder how that would change our whole perspective, how that would change how we live, the guilt that would be shed off of our lives. As he's, as, I mean, Jesus is entering into this season where he's, like, I'm here. He's entering the scene um, now in, in where people are going to start taking notice of him. Yeah, it's a public right. ministry now. Um, and everything else was kind of, you know, there's probably a lot of things that happen that we don't know about. Um, Jesus in his childhood and different cool things that happened and ways he ministered to people. But now this is a very public thing. And people, maybe you need to hear this today. Um, I, I know oftentimes I do. Like God chose these men. And they were far from perfect. Yeah. 
and again, now I'm going to circle back around again, Kristen, because I don't know what else to do, <laughs> is um, he embraced these chaotic men. Yep. And he said, let me journey with you. I'm going to teach you some stuff. And he loved them, and he and through them really changed the world. Yep. And today it's the same Jesus that called these disciples, that called Nathaniel the snarky, you know, yep. the snarky one, that called <laughs> Nathaniel the know-it-all or the guy who thought, you know, he was on top of everything, um, who called Philip, who called Peter, the, um, who didn't have a clue, you know. And, right. Uh, that same Jesus calls us today and wants to call you today as well. Mm -hmm. into relationship, into the journey. He wants to hang out. <laughs> yeah. Can I say that? He wants to hang yep. out. Come and see. Yep. Yeah. All right. Your turn. <laughs> no, I think that's great, Brian. And that was exactly why I wanted to kind of pause and then add this into the discussion because uh, it really all works together. It's designed that way. You know, this... Um, the power, I think, of recognizing that you are fully known and Jesus still says, come, mm -hmm. is what mm -hmm. we're seeing here. You know, Jesus didn't yeah. need time to get to know them. They needed, because he demonstrates, I mean, that's part of what um, causes them to recognize him as divine, is that he knows Oops. them completely, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, and then he, even then, invites them. <laughs> In, into this, um, I, I, that power of being fully known and yet fully loved is mm. life changing. And that's really what you're seeing there, you know. Yeah. Can I read something to you, Kristen, and to our listeners? Please. Because um, I'm, I'm really feeling the Holy Spirit today as, as we're talking. And I feel like God has been guiding and directing us. And mm. this morning, um, I was just reflecting on uh, a lot of things, reflecting on my family, reflecting on our church, reflecting honestly on the whole course of my life, and um, you, you ever had those seasons and those moments, Kristen, where you're just, you just cry out to the Lord and you just go, why? Or mm. for me, even this morning in... I was like, God, why, why did you pick me to start <laughs> pursuit? And mm. why did you pick me to have this wonderful family? I'm not worthy of this. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't even know why you love me. And mm. I started writing a song. I'm not going to sing, um, uh, but I want to read you these lyrics. And and this is incomplete, but. Listen, listen to, to how this shifts, because I cried out to the Lord this morning as, after I put the kids on the bus, and just being real raw, here's, here's how I felt, okay? I'm just going to read this to you. Who am I to even glance in your direction? Mm. Who am I to even call myself a Christian? Mm. Look at me living life for lustful pleasure. Look at me dreaming of an earthly treasure. Mm. 
can't you see that I'm unworthy? Can't you see that I'm not holy? Mm. And I cried that out to the Lord, and, and I did this in prayer time as I was just playing the piano and put those words down. And, of course, you know, I didn't rhyme these words. I did that after as I shifted <laughs> into musician mode. But here's how the Lord really responded to me. He took my questions and turned them right back around on me. Um, and I, I hope this will encourage somebody. So I said, who am I, right? Look at me. Can't you see? And here's how the Lord responded to me in this moment of just, here I am, Lord, I don't know. Said, who am I? This is God speaking to me now. The one who sent his son to die. Mm. Who am I? The one who gives you brand new life. Look at me and know the heart I have for you. Look at me and know the things I say are true. Mm. Man, Kristen, it was like God was yeah. leading me before we... I didn't know we were going this direction with our yeah. podcast, our discussion. Wow. Can't you see that I'm holy and that it's my grace that makes you worthy? Mm. Man, God spoke right to me. I I, wow. I shouldn't be surprised, but mm. this is this is obviously what what Pursuit Friends Church what we need to hear. Yes. Oh, the day when we get to the place when we can. In the midst of our chaos, in the midst of our imperfection, and even in the midst of our failures. That we can hear the voice of God say very clearly to us. I called you because I love you. Mm. Not because you have it all together. Mm. And I called you because I love you. And I'm embracing your chaos. Yeah. So that I can be glorified through your life. Oh, the day when, Kristen, we as leaders and as a church can truly, wholeheartedly embrace a Savior <laughs> yeah. who wants to hang out with us exactly the way we are. And then we can trust him to do the work that needs done to glorify him. Yeah. And to make us holy. And if we could just stop struggling with trying to be holy of our own strength. Yes. And quit trying to work our way into our father's love. A hundred percent. I can't I can't tell you, um, I kind of want to wrap up with this, if it's okay, Kristen. I think is, that sounds perfect, Brian. Is um, I can't tell you, one of my greatest fears as a parent, outside of anything horrible happening to my kids, one of the most horrible things I think that could happen to them, though, is that they would live their life feeling like they have to earn my love as their mm. daddy. Yeah. I worry about it every day, especially those days when I blow it with them or I get upset about silly things. 
and I act like they've let me down or disappointed me, you know, mm, um, yeah. because I desperately want them to, in an instant, especially if mom and dad aren't around, I want them to trust and love their heavenly father so much that the first thing they do when chaos happens, the first thing when tragedy happens, the first thing when they feel doubt or pain or shame is that they have zero hesitation to fall to their face before God and cry out to their Heavenly Father for help, mm. knowing that God loves them no matter what. And the most powerful example, I believe that God, uh, God wants parents to be that most powerful example in their kids' lives. Yeah. Of what God's love is really like and what it's all about and how it feels, what it looks like, how it's lived out in grace. Sometimes discipline. Yeah. Sometimes it hurts. But man, I want my kids to know the love of the Father. I, I want them to have an experience like the disciples had with Jesus. Yeah. When he embraced their chaos, when he embraced their imperfection, their knuckleheadness, that's not a word, but there you go. <laughs> when he said, come walk with me, let's hang out. Yeah. Guys, let's hang out with Jesus this week. Let's receive that call of Christ, that invitation to just be with him. As we study his word, as we hopefully get the chance to enjoy table fellowship and um, hanging out with our families, with each other, with just our own family even, like let's embrace this Christ who wants to hang out with us. And let's, let's invite other people into this. Not, not, I mean, of course, invite, hey, invite your friends to Pursuit Friends Church. That's a good idea. <laughs> but... More importantly, invite people into your own family, into yeah. your own house, and hang out. And don't be afraid of a little chaos. Mm -hmm. And love people the way Christ loved you, the way he loves me. Because let me tell you, when I was writing these lyrics and crying out to the Lord and singing my heart out and crying and all that stuff that I do as an emotional worship leader that I am. I very clearly heard the voice of God basically say, Brian, I already know you, son. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you for how you've spoken to Kristen and me in this yes. conversation, in this podcast. And um, Lord, I needed this today. I needed this today as just your son. And I pray that today our conversation and has just touched somebody, that they have felt yes, your presence, Lord. they have felt the love of a father who loves them no matter what. That you love people right where they are. And thank you for loving this son right where he is. Thank you for loving this sinner. Thank you for saying, come as you are and just hang out with me, Brian. Tell me how you feel. Tell me what you're going through. I already know it, but I want to hear it. Thanks for putting up with my chaos, God. Thanks for loving me through all my imperfections, and they are many. 
Thanks for giving me kids that remind me of your love and your grace and a wife who does that super powerfully as she puts up with a lot. <laughs> but Father, most of all, thanks for the example of Jesus Christ. And Father, may we, may Kristen and I and Joe and Devin and our families, may this church, Pursuit Friends Church, Lord, this network of house churches, may we be a shining, bright, huge example of who Jesus is to those around us, mm -hmm. to our neighbors, to our friends, to the already saved ones, to those that need you, Lord God, that have never heard about you before. To our co-workers, our classmates, Lord, even to our enemies, especially to our enemies. Would we be a people that accepts chaos, knowing that you are a God who can stand on the edge of a storm and say, peace be still. That's the God we believe in. That's the God we follow. That's the God that lives in us and is lived out through us. And Father, may we release in our hearts more and more every day this religious spirit, this legalistic spirit that says we have to earn and work our way towards your love. Mm. And may that free and release in us the true power of your grace and the true restorative nature of your grace, Lord God, that it's because of your grace that makes us want to serve and follow you all the more. May we remember that it's you who saves, not us, not our works, but we are saved by grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have experienced the presence of God, the Spirit of God, like we have, as we've been talking over the last few moments. And we just want you to know that we love you. And, uh... Man, it's good to be a part of this church, Kristen. Yes, it is. So good. If you would like to learn more about us, we invite you to visit our Facebook page. Um, just type in Pursuit Friends Church and it'll come up. And that's the best way to keep in touch and, and to see what's happening week to week. And uh, you can go to our website if, if you like what you're hearing, if you're ministered to and you'd like to sow into this ministry. Um, you can go to Pursuit Friends dot org slash give and make a donation uh, to the church and we would appreciate that and be encouraged by that certainly but we invite you to join us uh, on a Sunday morning or Sunday evening 10 o'clock at the Whitmer House Church again you can find the address on Facebook and, or 6 p.m. at Deborah House Church and find that address on Facebook as well and uh, also listen to this podcast share this podcast if you like what you're hearing if this is blessing you you can, you can share this to whoever you want to on social media uh, or through email. We would love it if you did that for us. Until next time, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Step into you.